Welcome to the Harmony Christian Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. So you are important. Everybody, repeat after me. Everybody say, I am important. All right, that's going to get better as we go along. You are important. You don't know how important you are. And uh, I've spent my life discovering how important I am because for much of my early life, I'm really a pretty quiet, shy, inward sort of guy. I, okay. <laughs> you, if, you, if you believe that, I've got some uh, lakefront property in Tipton County, some oceanfront property. But I've learned, I've grown, okay? I've grown up in the Lord, but I started out pretty shy, pretty ingrown, small kid, trying to make my way. I got born again at eight years old. Uh, I remember the situation. I got born again in the public school. Now, that tells you something prophetic right there. You know, if you want to understand what God wants to do with your life, if you understand where the Holy Spirit is really trying to take you, look back at your history. I got news for you. Your calling began two and three generations ago before you were even born. God intended at that time to take every mistake, every shortcoming, every flaw, every problem, every crack in the family history, and make that your ministry. I don't care how bad you've been, how wrong you've been, how awful you've been, how much you've sinned. I got news for you. When Jesus Christ comes in, I love the scripture and the way Holly read it in her comments this morning. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he takes what he has planted in you, and he, his design, his desire is to cause that to be your ministry. And whatever your message is, that is important because you are important. Everybody say, I am important. important. That's a little better than last time. So when I, I got born again at eight, and then I was raised in a fantastic church, in the Quaker church, they gave me a great scriptural base for life, but Jesus was mostly a historical figure. I got mad about that, I got frustrated about it, I got upset about it, and I challenged God to make himself real, or I was out of there. And guess what? He made himself real. As a teenager, 17, 16, 17, 18 years old, I discovered the power of God. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I spoke in tongues, I flowed in the gifts of the Spirit, and I saw miracles as a teenager. If you're a teenager listening to me here today, this message is for you. Not just old people, not just Mature people, sorry, a little gray happening here, but it's not just, it's for you. I don't care how old you are, it's for our children. God can do things back in our children's ministry. He can do things in your children, in your grandchildren, in your great-grandchildren. I don't care how great they are how, or how ungreat they are, ungrateful they are sometimes. God can work in them. Well, what all of that did is it put a fire in my heart to serve God. When I saw all of that, I said, I want to spend my life serving God. Well, what happened? It didn't go so good. Because the only thing I knew about from Western Culture Church is to serve God, you had to be a pastor or a missionary. uh, Or it was just very limited. You had to be a worship leader. And I wasn't that good in music. I've done a lot in music, but I'm not that good. So I just didn't fit. So I went into my church at that time in Peoria and said, I want to serve God and my undergraduate degrees in psychology. And they said, fine, go down and take care of the kids. 
Well, okay, but see, God had already started that ministry in my life because I was seven years old when my mom had the rest of her family, and she says I had my babysitter first, and then I had my family, and he helped me raise my kids. So I learned my ministry in Prairie Township on a farm, old-fashioned values, in the Bible Belt, listening to God, the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Word of God, and that set my background. That was putting together God's design for who and what He wanted to me, me to be. But still, because I didn't fit all of the traditional ministry, I felt rejected. I didn't think I was important. I felt left behind. I felt, uh, I just felt disqualified, unqualified, broken, lost, rejected, all of those words. How many of you have felt that sometime in your life? Boy, a lot of hands went up there. Somebody's not being honest. I know you have because there's a devil. And I guarantee you, if you're born again or you're interested in God, interested in God, the devil's going to come after you and he's going to try to bring all of that stuff upon you. But you are important. Everybody say, I am important. So I got assigned to the little kids, and one thing led to another, and one thing led to another. I'm not going to share the whole story about how we got Grandpa Cratchit started. I don't have time to do that this morning. But I am going to kind of skip a little bit forward, and there we are. I ended up, I just do puppets, tell silly jokes to kitties on fairgrounds. That's all I do. Do you think that's important? Look at those little nine lives there. Let me tell you about those lives. Those are adults captured in little bodies with a small amount of experience and no education. That's all they are. Otherwise, they're adults. Whole, complete human beings. Those kids at that daycare, don't you believe they remembered that encounter with Grandpa Cratchit that day all the rest of their lives? And I get that a lot. So you are important. Wherever God has put you, how small it may seem, how unimportant it may seem, how out of the mainstream it may seem, you are important. And so the devil, he is out there. He's a card dealer. He's a card shark. He deals cards. I want to talk to you about six cards, and they're listed on that paper over there. You can look at them later, that the devil deals us. So what we're going to do is we're going to stop playing the my job is too little, I'm just fill in the blank card. We're going to stop playing that card. If you say, well, I, I, I'm just a little puppeteer doing puppet shows out at the fairground in front of kitties. I'm just, I'm just. See how that minimizes? See how that restricts? That's a lie out of the pit of hell. And whatever you've been saying to yourself in your own language, in your own mind, talking to yourself in your self-talk, you've let that come in somewhere. Through the media, you've opened the door. Through other people, maybe even your parents. Oh, you're just, you know. I had that said to me in the seventh grade. A teacher in front of the whole class said, that you're just going to be a clodhopper. And I got madder and snot, and I walked out of there that day, and I determined as a little kid that if I did nothing else in life, I was going to be good at finding out what I was good at. I remember making that promise. God used that situation. The devil tried to, that guy was a preacher who taught school on the side to make ends meet. And he said that to me. He dealt the devil's cards into my life. And it took me years to get over that. 
In the name of Jesus, we are going to reject the lies he's given us. We're going to enter into the ministry. We're going to be culture changers. God is going to use your life. I don't care where you are. I don't care where he's placed you. I don't care what your gifts are, what your talents are, what your background is. It is designed of God according to the R828 principle, I call it. Romans 8, 28. I don't care what's happened to you. If you're being drawn by the Holy Spirit, it's all meant to show out for good. Whatever the devil has dealt you, the Holy Spirit will turn around and he'll make that a blow to the devil. He said, he's going to bite your heel, but I got news for you. You're going to crush his head. And what's the head mean? The head is your thoughts. The great battleground of Satan in your life is your thought life. What's going on up here? And I'm telling you, we're not going to think this thought anymore. Amen? Are you with me? We're not going to allow this thought into our church. When new people come into our church and they get saved and they get born again and we put them on the road to discipleship, we're not going to let them think this way. And we're not just going to tell them about this. We're going to show it off. We're going to live it. Amen? So I just put on Puppet Show's Affair. But if you're following the Holy Spirit, sooner or later you have to ask this question and begin to answer it. What do I do? Every one of us need to answer that. Well, what do we do? We bring this big set of equipment and we set it up on the fairground. I used to have seven units, 40 pieces of equipment. In the biggest year we had, we did 105 fairs. That is 750 days and 18 weeks, over 3,000 shows to a half a million kids. But I just put on, I just play with cloth out at the fairground and tell jokes to kids. I, I just put on puppet shows to kids. You get, you, are you getting my drift already? So, what do we do? Here's another part of our ministry. We learned that if a kid could touch Grandpa Cratchit and talk to him and hug him, the message went deep. So, we started a front door ministry. See, we expanded that thing. We started a front door ministry. They line up. There's a parent. They love to take photos. Thousands of photos every year. I bet there's a million photos out there of kids hugging Grandpa Cratchit. And every time they see that, they have a good memory, and they remember one of our messages. Another part of our ministry, we develop these little puppet mobiles. See, can you see the creativity in this? Uh, uh, that creativity probably is in my DNA because my mom was creative. But I'm telling you what, when you were born again and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you have the most creative person in the universe living inside you. And I don't care what you got, he's not going to minimize it, he's going to maximize it. He's going to show you how to be creative, how to expand it, how to use it, and how to become effective with it because that's who he is. In the beginning, God... We didn't even get one verse into the Bible that we learned the most important thing about God. He's creative. You think you're stuck. You think your finances are stuck. You think your marriage is stuck. You think your career is stuck. You think your kids are stuck. I got news for you. You got a creative Holy Spirit inside you that can give you 10 answers from Sunday about how to solve that problem. The question is, are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Are your ears open? Are you hearing him? Do you know how to hear his voice and flow in that creativity? We have what we call a backdoor ministry. We have all colors, creeds, kinds of people. It's amazing. We leave our back door open and people just are tr uh, attracted to our back door. Here's some Amish people up at Napanee Apple Festival. That day, Debbie just happened to be there. They showed up at the back door and this guy started telling Debbie his story. That's what they do. I think it's the anointing and the presence of God. I don't know. He had lost a child and Debbie and I have lost two children. 
And so Debbie started ministering to him out of our, our book that we wrote, The Summer Paintless Toenails. And, and we ministered, she ministered to this Amish family. Isn't that awesome? That's just amazing, isn't it? We have all kinds of ministry. There's a big part of our ministry is, where is he at? Is he here this morning? Oh, man, I wanted Rowan to see this. So we took all of our messages, and we made videos of them. We made all kinds of materials, a giant wall poster that says the message on it, a game to play. We made music to sing along. We put that all into fun packs. So part of our ministry, there's another layer of ministry. But I just put on puppet shows of fairies for the kiddies. That's all I do. Right? Well, I finally learned through the course of my life I am important. And that's not tooting my horn. That's just, you get around Jesus, you're, the, the put-down's got to stop. Because that's not him. We are important. You are important. Everybody say, I am important. I am important. See these kids? Look at that. Who would have thought? Teenage kids that love Grandpa Cratchit. So we're going to quit playing the, or believing, or receiving the, it's not about me card. See, I'm not afraid to tell you about my life and tell you everything I've done and everything's been accomplished because if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I'd be dead. I've died twice. And I'm still here. My wife saw me die in the parking lot once. I said, honey, I'll be back. Don't call the ambulance. Don't beat on my chest. I woke up 10 minutes later. She was beating on my chest and there was an ambulance. <laughs> She's learned to listen to me. But I got healed of that mitral valve prolapse. I'm all right. I haven't had that problem in 20 years. The doctor said it'd kill me or I'd have to have an operation or a heart replacement. Don't need that. We're going to stop playing the it's not about me card. Yes, it is. Who do you think it was about when Jesus died on the cross? I dare you to stand under the cross of Jesus and look at him and say to him, this is not about me. Yes, it is. It's all about you. You are important. What God has placed as you is important. And we're not going to play that card anymore. You, if you're, the Holy Spirit is directing your life, you're going to have to ask, who is my audience? What does God call me to? You know, who am I supposed to talk? Look at that. That's one of my most favorite pictures of all time. Of course, the central part of our audience is the five to ten-year-old child. Look at that little girl. She's probably 30 years old now. I don't know when that picture was taken. It was Whiteside County Fair. Look at these kids. Teenagers. Who would have thought? Teenagers love Grandpa Cratchit. Why? Because if they get in his face, he gets in their face. They love it, man. I tell those kids off, and they, they, they like it. Parents can't talk to them, but Grandpa can. You know? The young adults. I mean, we have young... Th oh, my gosh. We just... The different people. And old people. Uh, there's, there's Grandpa's uh, twin brother, Fred. But old people love Grandpa Cratchit. And this next audience that we reach, I kind of am hesitant to talk about. It's a little embarrassing, but it's there. There are women, single women out there who need companionship. They're lonely. They're desperate. But we have a ministry. Thank you. Thank you. Let it out, let it out. Thank you, Roz. As soon as we snapped that photo the other day, I'm like, oh yeah, baby. I'm 
changing my slide presentation right there. Oh, what a beautiful lady. We love you. We miss your sister. We miss your husband. How precious, precious. Everybody needs a grandpa. Everybody needs to be loved. Everybody needs to love somebody. You are important. Everybody say, I am important. Look at the teenagers there having fun with grandpa. We're going to stop playing the I am not called card. I don't care if you feel it. I don't care if you understand it. I don't care if you think, yeah, yes, you are. If you're born again, you're called. Because being born again is the first step in that attraction that is pulling you into God. That's the first sign that you are called. The problem is, uh, Hebrews 12, 2 said, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. In our Western culture churches, we like to think about getting people saved and get them started, but we don't often show them how to get finished. My job is to finish. And I'm going to help people finish. I'm going to help people find their gift, find their talent, get into their ministry, find their calling, get effective, and learn how to disciple other people. Amen? So we're going to stop playing. So what is our message? Well, right out of the Bible. See, you, when the Holy Spirit's drawing you, that's another issue he'll bring up to you. This is this, uh, Fred, Sam, Debbie, George, Ron, this, this is your message. I'm given to you. We need to be aware of what that is. Grandpa teaches the golden rule. Do your chores. Safety first. Garbage in, garbage out. See, this is all right out of the scripture. This year we're teaching follow your instructions. And uh, that is our message. So our message is important. Everybody say, I am important. important. I'm going to make you say it until you believe it. So here's Grandpa is on WEEK television in Peoria, Illinois. On the morning show, I had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. To be on that show. We're going to stop playing the I don't have any special gifts card. Well, when I started this, I didn't have any special gifts. All I had is a little background with the kids and a desire to serve God. And look what we've built it into. See, in, for, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 to 29, he said, go forth, be fruitful, subdue, multiply. If you let the Holy Spirit work, he's going to do those things in your life. And we're going to quit playing the devil's, I don't have any special gifts card. Yes, you do, and I'll help you find them. So what is the ministry? Well, we teach biblical lessons in the shows. We sell those, fun, those lessons in fun packs. We, we are storytellers. Grandpa's always telling stories from the good old days on the Internet. Grandpa has, I think, about 15,000 followers on the Internet right now. Not a big following by Internet standards, but we tell our story. That's part of our mission. And part of our mission is to serve events with high-quality, fast-paced, turnkey, affordable, fun family entertainment. You see, there's another whole level of ministry. Whenever the Holy Spirit begins to use your life, there's levels of ministry. Be fruitful, multiply. There's not just one apple on the tree. You can get an apple off the bottom of the tree, you can get it off the middle, you can get it off the top. There are layers of ministry. See the layers of ministry that are here in this thing? So Debbie and I, Anthony came into our life as a one-year-old, and we, Debbie and I started our third family. And we found out how many people are doing that, so we wrote a book about it to help them. We paid the price cost a lot of money to produce a book we did it we wrote the book and that book still is ministering to people we still get reports several years later and look fox 59 came all the way out of indianapolis came right up to our house and talked to us about it who would have thought we we just put on puppet shows with our little puppet out at the fairground 
Aoki, we are going to stop playing the I am not important card. You are important. You are very important to the kingdom. God cannot get his work done without you on this planet. What is the prayer ministry? It all involves prayer. It's all undergirded by prayer. So what is the prayer ministry of this? Well, we pray over the event. There I'm at South Mississippi Fair in Laurel, Mississippi. We pray over the event when we're there. We pray over the people. This little girl is Katie. Met her at the Aurora Farmers Fest. She peeked through the front door with Grandpa talking to her. She said, I want to see him back. Can I see him back? And so I said, well, are your parents here? She said, yep. I said, bring them all. Let's just do a backstage tour. So she and her whole family came around backstage, and she was thrilled. You would have thought I was Elvis. I mean, she was so excited. When they all left, she jumped up in the air and let out a whoop and said, I said, yeah. And I thought, well, there, we touched another life. And while she was there, see, in this situation, I can be a little bit more forward about the principles of God than I can in the entertainment show out front. But, so, we ministered to her and her family, and Katie, you have a purpose, you have a place. Maybe it's in theater. Maybe it's in the arts and entertainment mountain. Who knows what God has called you to? But we can talk to kids about that uh, when it gets down one-on-one and backstage. We pray for the event. We pray over the city we're visiting. You are important. Everybody say, I am important. Are you saying it with a little more meaning? Say it again. You are absolutely crucial. We're going to stop playing the nobody cares about me card. I'm just, I'm just over here. I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I can't get up there and talk. I don't know. I'm just, no, and nobody cares. Wah, 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 wah. Nope, that's a card the devil's played somewhere. He's got you to receive that and believe it. There I am with one of the cool people I've met. You might know him. He's Jerry Jenkins. What is the, so we have to ask, here's another whole layer of ministry. What is the culture ministry? We are transforming culture. We're bringing family values to the entertainment industry. There I am uh, doing a national TV special with a guy named Dick Van Patten. He had the, the biggest television show in the 1980s called Eight is Enough. Most kids now go, who? I, said, I told some kid, that, he said, who famous do you know? I said, well, I know Bob Hope. And she said, who's that? I'm old. But God has enabled us to work in that culture. Um, I've written and produced uh, 60 songs and five albums. So we're doing a Grandpa Cratchit. Go to GrandpaRadio.com. He's teaching his lessons. He's putting his music on there. It's more direct ministry. There's part of the ministry. Here we are with Willard Scott. We've been on the Today Show five times, twice on the national show with Willard Scott, and three times on the New York local edition in New York City, but uh, we're just a little puppeteer, puppets show out at the fair. There's KTAB down in Texas. We have done, uh, yeah, I don't know if you realize this, there we are on the early morning show in Fox Springfield, Illinois. 2016, Grandpa Cratchit ran for president. I don't know if you know that. And there's the three people that voted for him. We've appeared over in over a thousand newspaper articles. Just because we're at the local event, just putting on our puppet show. But in every one of those, we always talk about the values of Prairie Township. 
the values of growing up in church and in the Bible Belt and believing and loving God. Never miss a chance. And sometimes they'll talk about that. So there it is. So we're going to have to move along quick. I am important. So we wrote a book detailing Grandpa's history because I have over 100 stories that I've chronicled. 35 major miracle answers to prayer in personal life and in business. And you see, I don't make any difference. When you're learning to serve God in business and you're seeing the Holy Spirit working there and you learn how he works there, you slop that over into your personal life and your family. If you're learning how to follow the Holy Spirit and see miracles and hear the voice of God and flow in the gifts of the Spirit and be baptized in the things of the Spirit over in your personal life, that'll slop over in your ministry life. Church is not Sunday morning from 12, 10 to 12. Church is from 12 on Sunday till 10 o'clock the next Sunday. You are the church. You are the ecclesia. There isn't such a word named such a, there is no Greek word church. The word is ecclesia. It means called out ones. You're called. You're important. You are called. We're going to stop playing the I'm just a helper in the background card. Well, that's good. There is a ministry of helps. We need people helping in the background. Amen? When Josh and the church, and I love the pork dinner. I love that. And I love handing out slaw. That's a wonderful ministry, getting people to laugh and having fun. Yes, there's the ministry of helps. But don't minimize yourself there and excuse yourself from the ministry that God has called you to, that important role he's called you to play out there in the marketplace because I'm just a helper in the See, that's a bad attitude. That's a demonic attitude. That is an unbiblical attitude. I could quit right there, I think. Let's just show you just a little more. So what is the future of this ministry? We're going to gather our lessons about how to use our business as ministry. As a young man, God told me I would give my testimony around the world. I've done that, but it's not over. I think I'm going to do it again. And we're going to put all of our lessons into books. We're going to our lessons, uh, gather our lessons about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, how to hear God's voice, how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit in uh, business and in real life. We're going to put those into books. We're going to write and speak our lessons to equip believers to transform culture in their sphere of influence. Now, see, that's a mission statement. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. It's measurable. When the Holy Spirit starts dealing with you, he will give you a measurable vision by which you can calculate how well you're doing and see yourself making progress. See clearly what your problem is. Ask for a solution and receive that and get a breakthrough. If you keep it just general big hobblob, that's very unlikely to happen. People with precise visions and precise vision statements produce multiplied, not just 10 or 30 or 60, but 100-fold for the kingdom. The Holy Spirit working with you. There's our publisher, Wendy Walters, that helps us do our books. So here's what I've covered. Let's wrap it up. I don't know how I'm doing on time, but let's wrap it up. Here's what I've covered. What do you do? Who's your audience? What's your message? What is your ministry? What is your prayer ministry? What is your large picture culture changing ministry? Those are things the Holy Spirit is going to bring up. Why? Why are these important? Because you are a son and daughter of the king. You're an under king. Revelation 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 6, I think it is. Go home and read it. It says, he has made us priests and kings unto God. Who is he? Jesus, the Holy Spirit, has made us priests and kings unto God, his Father. 
Are we acting like priests and kings? We got some growing up to do, don't we? But we're going to get there. Why are you important? Because you are the face of God to your sphere of influence. If your face isn't out there and people aren't seeing your face, they can't see God. And we see that happening in our culture. You, you are important. Why? Because you are the voice of God to your sphere of influence. And if your voice is silent, they, they can't hear God. They're way off listening to wokeism and other stuff they see nightly on the news. That's their voice and that's what they're listening to. If we're silent, they're not going to get the alternative. We're supposed to be salt and light and yet what have we done? We've done exactly the opposite of what Jesus said to do. Don't hide your light under the bushel basket. Ah, we got some growing to do, but we're going to do it. So I'm going to skip this real quick. I put it in your handout over there. I want you to get it and I want you to read these. Here are the four steps to hearing God's voice to get you started. If you need help with me, approach me. Talk to me. Say, Sam, this is what I'm learning. This is what I'm going to through. This is what's happening to me. I don't quite get it. This is what I'm feeling. I'll help you learn this pattern and more to getting into the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't do this by your natural rationale. You can't do this by your human effort. I'm going to serve God. Yeah, by the effort of my flesh. Eh, 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 you're beat already. Can't do that. We're going to have to learn how to hear the voice of God. Well, I have over a hundred stories. I'm just going to finish with one story. Here's several I thought about telling you today. Let's talk about the GMC joke lawsuit. So Grandpa Cratchit gets on with Willard Scott down in Texas. And Willard says, Grandpa, what kind of a truck is this? He says, it's a GMC. Willard says, what does that mean? Grandpa says, it means it takes a lot of God, money, and credit to keep it on the road. Well, I was watching on television back in Indiana because it was on the National Today Show. And my, my agent called me about five minutes later and said, Sam, whose name is your house in? I'm like, what? What kind of a question is that? Whose name is your house in? I said, well, my, me and my, oh, he says, we're in trouble. Somebody heard that joke and they're madder and snot and they're threatened to sue us and taking everything we are got. He's going to be on the phone in five minutes. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I don't know. Oh, well, we'll think of something. Well, what do you do? You do those four steps. You've been practicing it for years. You've got to practice this before you get in the crisis. So that when you get in the crisis, you'll do it naturally. I hung up the phone and I said, okay, Jesus, you got to help us here. What do we do? You come before the Lord, you quiet yourself down, you stop the worry, you put your mind on Jesus, you tune into the flow of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing that popped into my mind was, ask him for a sponsorship. Now, see, I would not have thought of that on my own. So the guy gets on the phone and he rails off on us. Do you know how many people are buying GMC trucks nationally? Do you know how much money is involved? You could have cost us millions of dollars. And, and he just went on and on and on. And I just let him go until finally he ran out of steam. And then I said, really? He said, yeah. You think we're affecting that many people? He said, yeah. Is it that much money at stake? Then I said, then we need to talk sponsorship. For the first million dollars, here's what we can do. We can set up an ad campaign to do you a trial to put this puppet out there as your spokesman, and we'll sell GMC trucks. If we're that powerful and we're that impactful and we're that good, let's start selling your trucks. 
Well, do you know what happened on the other end of the phone? Nothing. Silence. That took all the wind out of his bag. We never heard from him. Again after that. So I guess when it came time to put his money where his mouth is, his mouth wasn't big enough in that situation. Time after time after time after time. I don't care if you have trouble with your kids or your grandkids. You get with the creative God. You learn to hear how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. The nine gifts of the Spirit are nothing but the voice of God refined into exact terminology so you can understand what's happening when he talks to you. Those aren't gifts you get. You got the Holy Spirit. You got the gift. He comes with all of that stuff. It says the manifestation, not manifestations. There is one. That's the Holy Spirit. He's in you. You got all nine of them. That's all packed inside you. You can do whatever Jesus did. Oh, no. I, I'm just, now, which lie card are you going to play? To not take responsibility, to grow up in the things of the Spirit, to be used of God, to start discipling the people around you where you're at. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 20 says, Serve God where you're planted. Don't leave that. Stay there and become the gospel to that sphere of influence. Amen? Well, I've got more to talk about, but I think I'm going to wrap it up on right there. Jesus said it right here, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. Here are, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. There are nine fruit of the Spirit. And here are the nine lives that are absolutely killing the United States of America right now. We're going to lose it. We're on the precipice. We're on the edge. Why are they believing this, these nine voices? Because we haven't showed them and taught them how to hear the real voice. By teaching it and by living it. Now, I'm not saying I'm always perfect. I can stand up here and tell you ten stories where I just absolutely, totally disaster, messed it up. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. But unless... We learn how to hear the voice of God and display God to our culture. Our culture is lost. The nations are realigning as sheep and goat nations. Jesus predicted this in Matthew chapter 24. We can see it happen. The, all of the world is dissing themselves from the dollar in the United States of America because of the silliness of wokeism and transgender and all of that that comes with it. And they're, they're, dist they're, they're going, these people have gone nuts. And they're breaking away while Russia is saying, we're not taking part of any of that. Any of our hockey players go over there and you put a rainbow on your jersey, you're out. When you get back, you expect jail time. They're lining up as sheep while we're going as goats. What is wrong with that picture? But all over the world, this is happening. There's a realignment in cities. There's a realignment in the states. There's a realignment in regions. There's a realignment in nations. There's a realignment in families on all levels. There's a realignment into sheep or in goats. And I'm telling you what, what makes you a sheep is my sheep do what? Can you repeat the four steps I just put up there real quick? Uh-uh, we need to get into that a little deeper. Amen? You've probably forgotten it already. For my people's our heart are closed up. My people's ears are dull of hearing. My people have closed their eyes. But if any time they become willing to see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, they would be transformed 
by my life-giving words, and I would immediately heal them in every part of their lives, including their city, their family, and their nation and their culture. You are important. What is his words to you today? You're important. Don't believe those lie cards. Everybody stand up. Say it once more. I am important. You are very important. You are crucial. You are absolutely irreplaceable. You are necessary. You are required. The Holy Spirit is calling you. He's pulling on you. Now, I'm going to be here right afterward, and I just want to pray over you. If anybody has been sensing just a burning desire to serve God, to be used by Him, to experience more of Him. To, you know, you will learn more about God and grow more spiritually in the ministry by far ten times over you will learn sitting here in church on Sunday morning listening to a sermon. Now, that we have the, we have the best preachers in Indiana, I think. I love Josh. Man, phew, I fill up notebooks of what he's got to say. So I'm not down on him. Don't misquote me. But you got my point, didn't you? There's a level of maturity, a level of understanding, a level of transformation that only comes when you engage the culture that God has called you to because that is a razor-sharp cutting edge that will come back at you. They don't like you. They're going to hate you. They're going to spit on you. They're going to disagree with you. They're going to wah, 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 this and that and everything else to you. But there is where you get sharpened where you get powerful, where you learn to hear his voice, where you learn to move in the power of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. If you were feeling called, but for a long time you felt frustrated and rejected, I want to pray over you this morning, a new anointing of the Holy Spirit. So as we dismiss, and I don't care if you're, you're teenagers, I don't care how old you are. When I dismiss you, me and Ron will pray for you. And uh, we'll pray a new anointing over your life new power for breakthrough with your kids in whatever culture you're living in. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you will give us a spirit of revelation. Again, I pray that right now, that we will receive the revelation this morning of just how important we are to your work, to you, and to your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more messages like this or information about our church, please visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org.